forgot that I was approaching the end of the second week of children coming back into my life. And those of you who know that when little ones get together, they tend to spread the G word, germs. And so last week I started feeling a little iffy on Thursday afternoon. Friday I was like, wow, this medicine they're giving me for pain is really like making me feel kind of sick. And Saturday morning, couldn't even get out of the bedroom before. It was just like, oh, I've got the kitty crud. And it was, I, I wish I had thought sooner what it was. I really thought it was getting adjusted to the meds that I'm taking for the other things that are going on right now. Um, but I want to thank Kenny for filling in for me. Um, I'm sure he did a great job with my material. Um, I do. I, I have... I don't say this often enough, but I want to say it publicly. God has blessed me with the man that he joined me to. Amen. He has blessed me. Throughout anything that has arisen in our lives, he has been there. He's always swinging for the bleachers. There is no quit. There is nothing other than, well, we'll get through this together. And I cannot say thank you enough, Kenny, for, um, for that. So, Ryan did not let me know in advance what was going on, because I'm, I'm not one of the elders. And, but he had asked me if I could cover for him this week, because Tom Folk, who was going to be here, um, was unable to cover. And so I found out really early I just sent you the note, I think on Tuesday afternoon, I found out early in the week that I was going to be doing this. And so when I got to work, Masterworks on Wednesday, um, my, my good friends there, we always have a moment of prayer before we start our day together, and they asked me, do you have any prayer requests for this week? I said, well, I just found out yesterday, late yesterday afternoon, that I have to speak at church this week, and Kenny used all my good material from last week. So I can't repeat that. And so I just need, I need some assurance that God's going to give me what he wants me to say today. And one of the, one of the ladies looked over me, she said, is that enough time to, to really do something to, that people can really dig into and relate to? And my response is, well, I'm trusting God. Because he always gives me the right thing to say. It seems that no matter what I come up here with and stand behind this desk with, it's something that somebody in this room needs to hear. And that person usually, usually lets me know before too, too many days have gone by. And that they appreciated the message that was meant for them. But then came yesterday. And Kenny got up extra early was headed out the door to go meet with Ryan. And I said, it sounds important. He said, oh, I don't know. It's probably something from the conference. And he headed off. And I'd been working all week and, and reading and praying and looking at things that kind of jumped out at me and, and ideas. And Kenny came home and he said, well, I've got news. And he told me about Ryan leaving. And I heard way back in the very 
that, that little part of your skull way back, back at the bottom, just before it turns into your neck where there's that little bell? Anybody besides me have that little bell <laughs> way back here? Every once in a while it rings. Nobody but me, okay. The bell went ding. And I said, thank you. Because what I want to talk about is building the body. And this is the body of Christ. As we are gathered here this morning, we are his body on earth. Now, we might just be like the middle toe on the left foot as the greater scheme of Christianity goes, but we are part of his body, and we have function, and we have use and purpose, and we are loved. We are loved. And we are here to serve him and to further his kingdom. But how do we do that? Because we've been through this, not in the same way, but we've been through this before, and it's scary. It's uncomfortable to feel like there's nobody steering the ship. And those of you who've been here more than just a little while know what I'm talking about. And I actually, I, I work on occasion with another church who has just called a pastor. They had him as an interim for four years before they decided they wanted to keep it. So he was kind of going on a week-to-week -week basis, and that was really hard on him and his family. But they called him, and, and Kenny and I have been invited to be part of his installation service uh, in October, and we're very honored for that. But I had been reading in Corinthians. Corinthians is, is one of my favorite uh, letters from Paul. And I thought that just in, in chapter 1 of Corinthians, there's just an awful lot of really good uh, upbuilding, up strong stuff. And I was going to save that for a time when maybe we were going to start a new project. But God had other plans. And he started showing some things to me. Thursday afternoon in verse 10. And I couldn't get away from verse 10. So if you have your swords this morning, let's sharpen them up a little bit. Open to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. God told me that if I started with an open eye and an open ear and an open heart, I might be able to help us through this transition with some enlightenment from his word. So let's, once you find that, just stick your finger in there and let's have a moment of prayer. Heavenly Father, you have entrusted this vessel with your word and I pray that I give it to your body the way you want them to hear it. Lord, we know that you love us. We know that you care for us. And sometimes, Father, it's really hard when we are faced with things that we don't know how to deal with on a human level. So we go to your word, and I ask that you put your arms around each person that's gathered here today. And love us really, really, really strong this morning. And we ask this in the name of your son, Christ Jesus. Amen. And I'm going to, now, now we'll get to the scripture reading. I'm going to start with verse 1. Paul is writing to the church at Corinth. 
much of the New Testament, you know that you don't sign your name at the end of the letter, right? You sign your name at the beginning of the letter. And we have two names here, so don't get confused. Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sosthenes, our brother. So Paul and Sosthenes, you may have never heard that name before, are writing this letter together to the church at Corinth. To the church of God. Which church are we talking to? Which, come on, this is, this is interactive. Which The church of talking to believers. He's not talking to the unsaved. He's not talking to unbelievers. He's talking to the church. To those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, who are called to be saints, with all who in every place call on the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. So no matter where you are, in your body, in your church, you call who? You call upon Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father. Now, there are two things happening right here. Grace to you is a Greek greeting. Greeks would say that to each other. Where was Corinth located? In Greece. In Greece. So he's not talking to Jews, is he? Mm -hmm. Grace to you. But then he says what? Peace from God our Father. Shalom. Who's he talking to now? The Jews. The Jews. So Sosthenes and Paul are greeting all the members of the church. Not just one little segment. If you're Greek, grace to you. If you're Jewish, shalom, peace from our Father. He wants it to be absolutely clear that he is talking to everybody. Not just the leaders, not just the regular church members, but everybody. I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by Christ Jesus, that you were enriched in everything by him in all utterance and all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, this is a long sentence, folks, was confirmed in you so that you come short in no gift, waiting eagerly. For the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's a lot. I could preach a sermon on any one of these verses. But I'm, I'm still moving forward. Who will confirm you to the end. That you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Finally a period. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son. Jesus Christ our Lord. This is a wish prayer. There are different kind of there's different kind of prayers in the Bible. Sometimes it's God, why did you let this happen? Sometimes it's God, what are you going to do? Sometimes it's God, I wish you would do this. This is a wish prayer. What's the what does he say negative about the church at Corinth in those words? Does he say anything negative about them? No. No, he's praising them. He's thanking God that they have all the gifts that they need to thrive and be happy and to be successful. 
You were enriched in everything by him. In all utterance, when you taught, in all knowledge, in your understanding, you have been given all these things. You've been given grace. The testimony of Christ is confirmed in you so that you come short in no gift. What are the gifts of the Spirit? We know what the gifts of the Spirit are in other writings. Peace, love, long-suffering, patience. <coughs> all the gifts of the Spirit. They are not going to be short in any of them. They're going to have everything they need. And that they are eagerly waiting for Christ to come again, to be revealed to them again. And what's Christ going to do when he comes again? He's going to confirm them blameless before the Father. Wow, that's a pretty good church. I, I, would, not, I, I would not be a member of that church, would you? People like that? God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Christ Jesus, our Lord. Now, who is Sosthenes? Stick your finger in. And I want you to flip back to Acts. Because I had to look him up. I wasn't familiar with Sosthenes. Go back to Acts chapter 18. Paul is in a city called Achaia. He is setting a church. He's building a church of believers in Achaia. And the head of the synagogue there, the lead rabbi in the synagogue, is allowing him to come into the synagogue and preach. Now, Brian preached a very good message not too long ago, I think, um, on the fact that access to the synagogue was, was I, I'm trying to remember exactly when it was. I don't remember exactly. But the fact that, that John and Peter would preach outside the gates of the synagogue because they didn't want, the Pharisees did not want any of the preaching about Jesus in, inside the actual synagogue. Sosthenes, who was the head, we find this in the readings, and we, we find it also in Josephus, the historian. Sosthenes was the head rabbi. He listened to Paul and said, hey, you may come in and preach your message to the people within the gates of the synagogue. Oops. Whose toes got stepped on by him allowing that? A lot of legalistic Pharisees, right? People who didn't want to rock the boat. And I could read the setup for you. It's suffice it to say that Paul is preaching he's being very effective. So he has been driven out. And then all the Greeks took soft, and, and there was a riot. There was a riot in between the Jews and the Greeks. In verse 17, then all the Greeks took Sosthenes, the ruler of the synagogue, and did what to him? Beat him. And beat him before the judgment seat. We're not going to have this rabble-rousing stuff about this new kind of religion. We're not going to have this here. And, it, and we, Sosthenes is clearly identified as 
the ruler of the synagogue, a Jew's Jew, like Paul was. And now we flip over to when Paul is in prison writing letters to the church, and who is with him? Sosthenes. Is God good? Can God change a heart? Can he change a Pharisee into a Christian? Amen. So, Paul is saying, Sosthenes, who was one of the strongest Jews, just as I was, here's what we want for you. Here's what we think the Lord is telling us. Verse 10, it's time to get down to business. I'm going to read a, 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 a new version of this. Guys, if it's not too much trouble, Jesus would like for you to get along with each other. Is that what your translation says? See, I have the touchy-feely version. Okay? I have the everybody's okay, I'm okay, you're okay. Let's all join hands, sing songs, that's the truth. I plead with you, brethren. You ever had to plead with anybody about anything? You ever watched a two-year-old plead with mom for a piece of candy? And all the things they'll promise and the way they express themselves? I plead with you. I plead with you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. you'll do something. That you'll all speak the same thing. That you'll all speak the same thing. That there be no divisions among you. That you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. In the same purpose. The word that's translated judgment here can be translated purpose. And it is in other places. So y'all have to be rowing the boat in the same direction, guys. I'm not there. I'm not there every day. And letters take months to reach you. And so I'm begging you. I'm pleading. As Jesus is my strength and can strengthen you, you've got to all be united. And you've got to be doing the same thing and you've got to be rowing the boat with the same amount of energy and you've got to have the same purpose. We are facing a very scary time in the life of any church. And I know because I served as an interim pastor at a church for 18 months once. And that was scary for me. But it was scary for the congregation because there, there's this sense of I'm wobbling. I'm wobbling. I'm, uh, there's a roller underneath the plank I'm standing on and, and it's this and this. And I just We're facing a time in the life of our church where we have to be united in purpose, in thought, in judgment, in the way that we talk to each other. For it has been declared to me A little bird, a little chatterbird, or a little monkey. I prefer I prefer monkeys because monkeys like 
thought. There's a little monkey that came to me and said, y'all are fighting among yourselves. Y'all just can't get along. Can't get along with each other. Contentions. That's a nice word, isn't it? Oh, she's being contentious today. It almost sounds like she's reading a really big novel and is going to go write a term paper. Being contentious. No, it means, hmm. Tell me, did you see what Angie wore to church this week? Did you see that? Do you believe? Really? I'm guilty of it. I do it all the time. And if, if we do are not honest with ourselves, we do it all the time. We don't mean to. We don't mean to. It just slips out. Don't let fear, uncertainty, confusion, hurt feelings. My feelings are kind of hurt, actually. I thought we were going to get to keep it for another six months. I mean, there's, there's some plans and some things happening at this church that are exciting. And we're moving forward and we're getting community awareness. And, uh, and I'm going to throw something out there right now because it didn't get included in the announcements this morning. We have been approached by the librarian. She wants to know if there's anybody who would like to go help shelf books one day a week. Just help her on her job. But, but probably a Thursday or Friday toward the end of the week, kids have brought books back to the library. And just getting them back on the shelves. She's looking for somebody to come and maybe give an hour once a week. Do you know how big that is? Do you know that that is a connection that can lead to people joining the kingdom of God? How important it is. And we say we're here to serve. And I'm, I'm throwing that out there. And I, a couple of people have, have asked, asked me, well, what, all, what was it? What does it involve? And I'm like, I'll give you the phone number. You can call her. Well, God is in the building business. I will let you know that. God is in the construction industry. He is about building up people. He's about building relationships. His purpose is to build the body of Christ. He is not in the business of building buildings. And he is not in the business of building beautiful churches with great steeples and ornate facades and, and marble bathrooms. He's in the business of building people, of building the body. And our purpose, I think, right now needs to be to build this body and to keep this body healthy. And I discovered a long time ago that the way for me let God build me up is that he has to tear me down first. He has to get rid of my ego and tear that down. He has to get rid of my prejudices. He has to get rid of the things I want. He has to tear all that down. He has to take the scabs off of the wounds and rub them a little bit with some, some cleansing salt before I can be built up. There is one who roams around seeking who he may devour. And his purpose is not to build up. And we have to watch out for that. 
And right now, I'm sure he sees an opportunity to come into this church and tear down. I do not believe for one hot second that Satan is not aware that we are leaderless. And I make, I'm making fun of the word because we are leaders. We have leaders here. Each one of us is a leader. Sometimes we don't look at ourselves that way. He wants us to speak together. Say the same thing. That's verse 10. Look at verse 10 one more time. That's in, in 1 Corinthians. To speak the same thing. Take the letter S, put it in your head. Great big S. He wants us to understand things together, to be of the same mind. In other words, we understand what we're supposed to be doing. All right, take the U. Now we have SU. Okay? And in the same judgment, which I said can be translated for the word purpose. S-U-P. Where do we see that word again? Hang on, i got to get a little. The whole. stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, can you finish it with me? I will come in to him and sup with him. And he wants us to depend on him and keep moving forward. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. We are not leaderless. We have the ultimate leader Amen. watching over us and guiding us. 